0: They serve the purpose of the client, and then you become an authority. And once you become an authority, people come to you versus you go to them.
1: My guest today is Konstantinos Kollias, but you may know him as Brown Tree. He's a coach, strategist, mentor and the founder of Brand Tree Media in New York. He's also the creator of the First Method which helps individuals and businesses to achieve their goals. Thank you for being in my podcast. <laughs> Welcome. So let the audience know who you are, what you do. Well,
0: well, thank you so much for having me in your podcast, you know. I'm a fan as you know and I watch all your videos. Very great content and I'm a big fan of yours as you know, you know, your Thanks. skills. Your video skills, your graphic design skills. So, I'm really happy to be on this podcast today. Um, My name is uh, Kostas Kolias, and uh, I'm a Greek creative entrepreneur, uh, recently uh, residing in New York. And I'm helping creatives to redefine their business and start making sales more efficiently to the point they feel they're growing their business. Um, I started as a creative agency owner that we're doing marketing for restaurants mostly and hospitality businesses and uh, content creation, video, short videos for social media, social media management marketing, web development, web design, and we tried to create a full scope solution as an agency to help the restaurants to communicate the message with great, great imagery and video and uh, a very good refined marketing. With that being said, in my journey, being an agency creative owner um, in New York, many opportunities are always uh, coming along your way. And one of this um, opportunity was one of my clients back in the day, Um, he reached out to discuss how he can start bringing more people, more food traffic to his restaurant. So this gentleman was a very famous uh, pizza maker, pizzaiolo. Mm -hmm. So I was working at the time in some capacity with a a local publication, a New York publication, and we got together. We came up with the idea to create um, interactive dining experiences that people learn how to cook. So we discussed about the project with the owner. We start uh, discussing about the strategy. We create some amazing content, great videos, you know, the pizza, um, and Hungry Pop was built, was being created. The company's name was Hungry Pop, is Hungry Pop. So we started selling tickets on Eventbrite on a public uh, ticket platform. And after three, four events, we realized that the demand was um, uh, overpowering the supply. So we have to increase the capacity of the classes on a weekly basis. So from one event per month, left prepared per week, we started doing, actually, we started with one event per month We ended up doing, uh, on the same restaurant, eight events per month. So as we were growing this company, which was clearly defined by the quality of the product, which was the actual class, the gentleman that was doing the pizza, he was a very good craftsman, very good craftsman. He knew how to teach people and people were getting engaged. And we were doing really amazing marketing with email lists, social media, uh, follow-up, uh with the customers so we grew up we start growing up and after like about four months we have to go to our own space and start doing more projects we started doing uh, mozzarella classes how to make your own cheese we started doing um pasta classes how you make your own pasta and we try to add uh wine in the mix and you know building a company in New York city it's always interesting there's a lot of regulations a lot of uh Laws, so we have to be, everything has to be lawful. So there's a lot of insurance spending, a lot of uh, regulations that we have to comply with our lawyers. So after we finish everything, we have a complete new business. So Hungry Pop started as a, a concept from a restaurant and it grew up on its own place. And then we had people coming to ask us if we can do this concept for their companies, for Team Buildings. So we have been reached out by companies like Google, Microsoft, Accenture, Louis Vuitton, big companies in New York City that I will never imagine myself working with them to actually work with them to do team buildings. And somehow our reputation went out. What I realized in this journey, having a creative agency, helping people with marketing and running my business, my other business in terms of creating experience for the people, it's all about know how to sell your product. But for me, in order to sell my product, I have to know exactly what I'm selling. I have to know exactly how I do things. I need to know about my process. I need to know about the outcomes. I need to be able to be proactive about any questions that the people will have for me. So my sales strategy was very efficient. I was the frontman, and I was running an efficient sales funnel with the customers through email initially, and then Mm -hmm. through actually personal meeting the person, the people. That was before the pandemic, that we could meet with people, right? So we ended up doing from eight events uh, per month, we ended up doing about 20 to 30 events per month. We have to hire a team, okay. we have to hire executive chefs, we have to buy our own car and to make the moves. So the the growth was was amazing. Everything was coming along like a fairy tale, like a dream come <laughs> true. And then the pandemic happened. The pandemic happened and uh, you know the hospitality industry collapsed. In one day. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is where I started like trying to understand how I can pivot or how I can bring something on the table based on what I know. So my experience in New York City, an intense workspace, as you know, gave me the opportunity to start constructing my thoughts. And with the combination of doing some comprehensive research, I made a methodology about how to make sales in this creative world. I'm a creative myself. I'm a self-taught designer and creative. Even though I'm coming from a business background, I was able to understand a lot about the obstacles that creatives, designers, strategists, developers are going through. So I developed a methodology to help people to reclaim their confidence and get sales in their business. Because, you know, you you, you can second that, Uh, the creatives are very passionate about what they do the craft mm-hmm. graphic design branding identity systems they're not very passionate when it comes to sales sales is kind of the it's kind of a craft that people don't really fall behind that they, they, they yeah. don't really follow the same way they follow their craft mm-hmm. here's what i'm trying to do i'm trying to help people to understand that sales should be an essential part of your business there's no business if you cannot make sales What you need to do is to understand how you do it, you understand what to sell, reclaim your confidence about it, and start selling it. At the end of the day, you're not selling something with no value, you're selling a lot of value. So you have to believe it, you have to absorb it, and you have to go out there. So that's That's what I'm doing right now. The methodology is called the Forest Method, and it's about helping and empowering creatives and small business owners and entrepreneurs to make sales an essential part of their business and start making sales to grow their mm-hmm.
1: business. Awesome, <laughs> awesome introduction. <laughs> um, by you. the way, I, I love the new setup, the background. <laughs> uh, yes, I, I it's like a a, yeah. I want to. I wanted to ask you about that. And the background is like small pieces of your identity, like the cameras, the books. Uh, so yeah, uh,
0: right there, I have my cameras. I have my cameras, as you know, I'm a content creator, so I'm a big Sony uh, fan, as we have discussed before. Um, I'm having a lot of cameras, a lot of lenses. I'm a music lover. I love Pearl Jam. I love also The Falls, which is like um, the Greek singer, uh, Yanis Filipakis, he's from Karpathos. Mm -hmm. Look him up, it's an amazing (laughs) band. My books, and I have more books underneath, and my owls. I'm a big fan of the owls, so that's me. (laughs) that's like something that my fiancé <laughs> uh. You know, uh awesome <laughs> that's me uh
1: yeah that's great yeah because i was watching the background and it's like small pieces of your personality so it's awesome
0: that's a good way to put it that's a good way to put it yes
1: and i know yeah you mentioned it right now that you achieved one of your big goals this year it was to buy a house a new house and yes, go there yeah
0: yeah What's interesting in 2020, a lot of people, um, they got really panicked. And I understand that um, normal life is not as it used to be. You know, The human interaction was limited because of the pandemic, but there is an abundance of opportunities on the net. Now you can reach out to somebody by clicking a button. So for me, that excites me. That fascinates me. I just have to put my mindset on the, ro- on the, on the right track to see what I want to do. I have to clearly define my goals, what I'm going mm-hmm. to, uh, what I have to accomplish. So, for me, having two businesses that they were running very successfully growing, and then the pandemic happened. And because I was mostly in the hospital industry and the hospital industry collapsed, I have to find out something to do. So, I'm very active. <clears throat> I invested a good amount of time, effort, and money to study. I went through the business bootcamp from Crystal, which I definitely recommended. I went also through the bootcamp from Greg Hickman. For those who don't know, Greg Hickman is the owner of Alt Agency, and he has a bootcamp to help you productize your service as an agency owner. So that was very helpful for me because I created a productized mindset for the things I was doing on a manual basis, like uh, as a service as a service provider. And then BJ Fogg which is a, uh, is a psychologist, and is a it's a is a, it's a Professor in Stanford University and one of my mentors, he talked about the behavioral science behind purchasing and buying. Um, You know, his workshop, the behavior lab, helped me understand more about the consumers and how they think when they buy. So for me, I took all my experience all these years selling, creating, took my comprehensive research and the studies I did all this time in the pandemic. and I actually conducted my own research with creatives like you. You were actually mm-hmm. one of my happy, happy um, early adopters and beta students to talk about the forest method. And I got all this uh, all those variables together, and I created my methodology, which I feel very proud because I see right now as we work on the method, people are indeed doing amazing with their
1: lives yeah. and their businesses. So that's awesome uh yeah i'm going going, i want to ask you about the forest method but first uh, the question that i ask every guest is what's your distance from your destination right now so meaning what is your goal maybe for this year or in generally and how far do you think you are to from getting there
0: that's a great question and um, the way i define goals i see them as projects somehow psychologically Uh, people are getting affected when we're talking about goals. It's something that uh, they start getting a little bit um, stressed, anxious. What's your goal? And I want to make this amount of money. I want to buy this car. I want to buy this house. Um, So I'm trying to break it down. I like the idea of compartmentalized ideas in smaller bits, easy for me to accomplish one step at a time. And um, in the method, actually, the forest method, I'm teaching people how to make clearly defined goals so that we can actually accomplish them. And uh, Zig Ziglar, he's a, he's a famous motivator and a sales um, uh, specialist. He said that the goal has to be, first of all, attainable. It has to be within a reach because we can have goals in life, but if it's far away, you know, somehow life happens in between and the distance between the goal is fading away. So the goal has to be attainable within your reach. It has to be challenging. It has to challenge you somehow, because if it's too easy, then, you know, it's not really a goal. It's something you can do now, you know, so it has to have some sort of challenge. It has to challenge you because when you're challenged, you focus, you put the effort and you put perseverance, then it has to motivate you. It has to inspire you. The goal has to inspire you. You don't just set goals to say, I just want to do this. We don't do things anymore in the passive mode. Now it's the time for us to change the way we see things. So a goal has to be inspiring. has to say, I need to do this because I know it's very good for me and it's inspiring. And the goal has to be desirable. The goal is something you really want to accomplish. Otherwise, you know, what's uh, the big fuss about it? So a goal has to be attainable. A goal has to be challenging. A goal has to be desirable and inspiring. So based on this mindset, uh, my goal last year for me was to actually – launch the forest method, okay? Mm-hmm. And um, the way I did it, I broke it down in tasks, okay? I have to finalize uh, the curriculum, the course, the elements, the worksheets. I have to finalize the content, the videos for the people and the students to download. I have actually built a website, okay? So all those small tasks, they need to be in a fashion that they're attainable. So we did it. People from the, actually, students of The Forest Method helped me, and I'm very thankful for the participation. So now, the one goal is been accomplished. The other goal was to buy a house, because living in your city on a rent basis, and people can relate to that, it's always stressful. Okay, But having your own house, your own base, it just releases a lot of stress, and you feel empowered to keep moving forward on a more steady and solid pace. Goal for this year is to communicate the forest method to as many people as possible and to see how many people I can help. Because the reason I'm doing this is to help people to do the mm-hmm. things I didn't do when I was an agency owner. So as an agency owner, I really delayed because I didn't have the power of community. I didn't have somebody to guide me. I figured this out, but making a lot of mistakes, Okay going through a lot of problems, but I did it. I figured out what makes sense in order to sell something, what's your product, so now uh, here I am and try to create a helping manual for creatives like you that they want to go to the next level and we define what's the next level. So that's the goal for this year, to communicate as much as I can the Forest Method and get as many students as possible to feel that I'm really helping and contributing to the community of the creative world.
1: Yeah, and I think you're doing a good job as a coach, (laughs) mentor, and I remember that you're one of the persons that will uh, push me to go a little bit further, a little bit further, and (laughs) you also pushed me to talk about more about what I do in my work, Uh, for example, Netflix. I wasn't talking about Netflix that much. <laughs> it was more a casual thing. Like, yeah, I do. I do also work for Netflix. And now I have your your voice in my head telling me, yeah, you need to talk more about this. <laughs> so Thank you. Thank you. So, yeah, about the forest method. Uh, I remember you talk a lot about, uh, yeah, the growth mindset. And I believe that, yeah, when you have the growth mindset, you can pretty much achieve anything, any goal you have, like... Um, grow your business, grow yourself, uh, make sales, as you said?
0: So um, I build a method. I build a methodology, which is a hybrid from many other theories, and I brought it to life based on my research and based how I can make a fit to the market. Uh, so after a lot of research, I realized that the people, they have fixed perceptions about things. So I know that I have to see how I can help them by opening up their minds a little bit how you can go further so this one I start I remember about a book that I read back in the day from Carol Deck who is also a professor a professor at Stanford University and she talked about fixed mindset and the growth mindset so fixed mindset is actually the mindset that accepts the situation as it is and the thing there's no room for development or improvement and growth mindset is very simply put a mind that keeps learning and wants to go through challenges and believes that the traits and the characteristics can can be developed. So growth mindset, it was very important for me to develop methodology because I really have to be patient. I really have to understand about the feedback and constructive criticism. And those are traits of the growth mindset. So for me, growth mindset, once you apply to yourself with some exercises and some daily routines, you can find out that you're stronger than you think because growth mindset goes through the challenges. This, the growth mindset sees the challenges as opportunities and not as something, Oh, what am I doing right now? I don't want to hear about it. You know, no, you want to hear about it. You want to find out more. You want to go through the problem. You want to solve the problem. And this is like a learning uh, curve for you to understand more about yourself. Also, when we take mistakes on the fixed mindset era, people, when they make mistakes, they're getting disappointed. They're getting, in the self-doubt mode in the growth mindset when you make mistakes you're kind of satisfied because a mistake is a learning opportunity and i give you an example when you try to make a sale okay to a client and the sale is not going through okay for some reasons the most immediate reaction is to be disappointed you know be sad disappointed and then start making some inner you know analysis and say what did i do wrong uh, am i good enough is my prices right you know, you start doing this to yourself. Instead, on the growth mindset, this rejection from the client, it's information. So what I started doing back in the day is when a client didn't hire me, I was going straight up and ask them, politely say, out of courtesy to our discussion, I would have to find out why you didn't hire me. And there's no string attached. To this information for me so can become better. And the people were very happy to actually give me this feedback. So most of the times... They told me like uh, sometimes it wasn't what they needed because they needed something else as a product and my offering was something else or my pricing wasn't on, on the budget you know or my approach was a little bit out of their context so I took all this information so I constructed my sales script based on the information I have from rejections so in the forest method we are lowering our expectations you don't come to a forest method and say hey you're gonna become rich no you have to learn how to sell. I have to be very transparent and honest what I'm offering to people. There's a lot of methods that go through the method, through the course, and increase your sales for 20%. I don't know exactly how you can do this, you know. I think we have to go through ourselves, understand what we do, and go out there and start selling to understand why people, if they're not hiring us, why they don't hire us. And this information is crucial. And that's a growth mindset trait. Look for information based on your mistakes or rejection. It's an essential part of the forest method. So people, when we do the workshops, they go out there. And somehow, psychologically, they go out there to get rejected. And that's very interesting, right? Because think about it. I say, hey, Chris, go to five leads and talk about your product, okay? And see if you can sell it. You say, okay, your expectations are very low. You know, you may be liking you're going to sell it, you know? But once you build your business, you try to understand more about how you sell. So you're looking forward to get rejected because you want this information, okay? But I'm not telling them go out and reject themselves. I'm telling them go out and sell based on the things you know already. You have a good product, you have a good craft, go out and sell it. But if you get rejected, don't get disappointed because this is good. It's good that we're going to get this information. If you get the sale, of course, it's something we need to create more repetition around. How did you approach it? So we're building patterns. We're building patterns the way we communicate with people the way we approach people the way we sell ourselves so the growth mindset since you brought it up i think it's essential and i recommend a book from carol deck called mindset it's an essential read
1: awesome um i like the start with lowering your expectation it's like clearing your mind like yeah. um like kung fu <laughs> or something yeah. like that when yeah, you cl- yeah. you clean your mind to learn the new you- The new information and you also need to make uh, peace with your mistakes i also like that yes Uh, yes. what was your biggest mistake that you learned from
0: (laughs) i was very i was overconfident about
1: things Mm, okay
0: and um you know selling a lot selling a lot and having two businesses and making sales and growing the businesses because of the way i was selling on a very organic and ethical level that built my confidence off the roof so sometimes I became a little bit too cocky. I was going to a client and people didn't like my attitude for some reason, you know? And there was a client that I thought I had it, it was an easy sell for me, but somehow they rejected me and I felt, oh my God. So I went to the client and he told me, I didn't like your approach, you were too cocky. I say, oh, that's very, very useful. <laughs> I'm sorry if I brought you to any inconvenient position, but thank you, that's golden. So I started to calibrate myself again because when because when you make sales you're becoming mm-hmm. more passionate you become you know you become more active so somehow that comes off a little bit wrong to the people you know
1: mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah yeah i just so
0: i calibrate myself i calibrate myself i took all mm-hmm. the information from the successful sales and i take this rejection information and i calibrate it so i became back to actually be a good listener be very empathetic you know listen all the concerns and then I was pitching my product the same way I did it, you know, respectfully, on a good pace, you know. So there was a great communication outcome. So it's one of, it's not a big mistake, but uh, it's one of my big mistakes. The other big mistake is like, I was hiring people that I felt we click as friends. And I did this mistake two times, actually. I hired people that we were friends. And I thought that, a friendship can be also translated into official, efficient-proficient relationship. And that wasn't the case. I don't want to go to specifics, but it didn't work out for me. And I did it once, and then I did it twice. So if you do the same mistake two times, you know they say it's not a mistake, it's a choice. Uh, so somehow I chose to go through the route because I love my friends, I love my community, I, I give uh, opportunities to everybody. But in that specific um, territory, I made a mistake two times. But now I know that I have to build a relationship of trust and I have to understand more about what's the value I can get from somebody I'm going to hire and what's the value they're going to get from me. So now when I hire, I really hire in a more sophisticated and elevated way in order for me to bring value to both ends and most important to our clients.
1: Awesome. Great. Um, You mentioned sales and I think it's very important for everyone, even if, Someone don't understand it right now. Maybe he's a freelancer or he doesn't understand that he needs to um, work as a business. Uh, But in the end, it's uh, very important uh, in order to continue further as a business. So that's the the end result, I think. How do you get there? What's the steps to to get to the sales?
0: I'm going to give you one small example uh, about the main persuasive pattern. You have to use nerd make cells. And what we call about persuasive pattern, it comes from the word of persuasion. In the forest method, we actually go back to ancient Greece with Aristoteles, who's the first actually mentor about persuasion. And in politics, he said, if you want to persuade people, you have to have ethos. So you have to state your credibility. People can trust you. And you do that with logos which in English, it means logic, rationality. You have to support your ethos and your credibility and your value by actually stating facts and data. Okay, And then you have to add an amount of passion, which is called pathos. The way you talk, the way you engage the people, the way you invoke emotions. So based on that methodology, I'm building persuasive patterns. You talk to somebody, what's the number one pattern that people react to? And a pattern means a specific sequence, how the brain works, okay? The biggest persuasive pattern that works for people before they make a purchase is the social proof. And social proof means that, simply put, a testimonial. Okay? A testimonial is very powerful. It's very powerful if you have testimonial about your work. So I have people that are starting in the business but I don't have any testimonials. It's very simple. Do work for free. To build your portfolio do the best of the work you can do to build a portfolio and ask for testimonial and this is how the journey starts and you keep going and then you start charging incrementally until you find your peak point of your value right for the people who try to do something else to pivot or to enhance their business right now social proof it's very necessary and believe it or not i mean in in america we have this platform called yelp and yelp is um a reputation platform that people go and see about restaurants or about other businesses, how good it is, okay? So most of the people who put reviews, and we just go and see. let's see the reviews of this restaurant, see if it's good, right? We go through the reviews, and we read five-star, three-star, four-star. I say, okay, that's a five-star. But think about this. Have we ever thought about who wrote this review? Is it a credible person? Is it somebody who killed... His pet is somebody who robbed the bank. Is somebody unethical? No, we just see the stars and we go. You say, okay, that's a good restaurant. It has five stars. Or it's not a good restaurant. It has two stars, you know? So I was working in the restaurant industry and I know that people's conceptions about service or food varies, you know? So can I rely on somebody who I don't know to go to buy the product that he bought before? Not really, but it happens. Social proof is psychologically proven to drive people's engagement towards the product. So if you use the social proof wisely with the right questions when the people give you the testimonial, which is, very question- which is very important as well, you don't make, let's say, a website and go to the client and say, please give me a testimonial. You go and ask them, say, can I give you some questions that you can answer so I can build a testimonial? What was the experience? What's the outcome? What's the, the need? Were the needs met? were you happy with the pricing, were you happy with the, product, with the service? So you construct a testimonial, a social proof for your brand and your service that starts building your reputation. In the forest method, we have a five-step process that we follow in order to become influencers, okay? The first step is to extract your skills. Everything you know, the way you do it, how you do it, what kind of technology you, you use, It's called a mashup, right? So we try to extract all the skills, and that gives us a good idea about what we do because when we try to communicate what we do in a very visual way, then we get to understand more about what we do because somehow, as designers, think about it. Think about how many different softwares we we use. Adobe Illustrator, Photoshop, Adobe Premiere, Adobe Acrobat, Adobe Spark, uh, Da Vinci for coloring, you know? We're using so many software, but we never communicate it. People take for granted that, yeah, you're a graphic designer, you do these things on the keyboard, good. It's not the case. The case is that you have to understand how many skills you have and how you use them. So you can construct a visual idea and put weight to yourself. Say, what I do is not that simple. right? So we start with the skills. Then we go to the process. When you have a process... You add sophistication behind it. So, what's your process when you do a logo or you do a video? You know, you do research, you do competition analysis, you see other videos, uh, you talk to your client, you have a discovery session. How do you do that specifically? One by one, extract all the steps of the process and see the transformation that happens in each step of the process. That will give you the extra weight to put your, your product you're offering. On a high level. So you can understand that you're not random. You're not just a designer. You're not just an illustrator. You're something more. You're solving problems. You have strategy in your mind. You know, you have to communicate eternally. So once you have your skills and your process in place, and you see it visually, like in a big mirror, like a minority report, you just get the confidence mirror to say, what I do, it's important. The third step is to build a product. And what does it mean to build a product out of your skills and services? It's about being able to communicate what you do in a very simple way to your clients Understand. their Product as your service means that it's easy to find it on the supermarket shelf. Say, oh, it's a red box of a pancake mix. I know what I'm getting, all right? So it's easy for me to buy. So product, the third step, skills, process, product, means that your product is easy for the people to understand what you do immediately based on the actual outcome you're providing and the price. Then when you have the productization phase finished, you go through the reputation. How do you build reputation? Well, when you have your product in place, you start communicating it, right? But you have to build reputation with yourself first. You have to build this confidence, this clarity to know exactly what you do. So you get, you're reclaiming everything in terms of strength to go out there and build reputation. Is it social media? Is it emails? Is it direct responses, direct communication with people you've served before? You start building your reputation. And when you feel that your reputation is to the point that feels sufficient for you, then you become an authority. So let's say you build a product, um, some presets on Lightroom, okay? And you do it based on your graphic design skills and you have a process to design presets and then you have the Lightroom presets, okay? You build a reputation that those presets is like amazing, they're good, they serve the purpose of the client, and then you become an authority. And once you become an authority, people come to you versus you go to them, all right? And that's what I'm trying to teach through the forest Method, how you can become an authority of your craft, Right? It works, it empowers people, and sales is an eternal part of this situation. How you can become from persuader and influencer, otherwise an authority. So it's a journey. It's a self-discovery journey to understand more about your business, and then we teach people about sales.
1: So Mm -hmm. I love that that you start first from yourself. You need to discover first yourself and your business, and then you move on to the next uh,
0: steps. I talked to so many creatives. And when I want to ask them what they do. They told me it's graphic designers, but the thing to become brand strategists or the thing to become something else. They were kind of in the process of pivoting or reinventing themselves. So we have to do the job discovery to understand where they are. And yeah. cultivating a purpose with the Japanese method that we do, the Ikigai, is very important because we can go to Chris one that has a video editing service, or we can go to Chris two who has a video editing service in order to help people to build better products and communicate their marketing better, Mm -hmm. you know? So somehow we go behind purposes. People go behind stories. People want to know who is actually behind the product I'm buying, you know? A very, very simple example is about the behind the scenes power. You're a videographer, so you know that a lot of videos, they have a video after that to show the behind the scenes. People want to see bloopers, people want to see how they did it, you know? The chefs, the cooking and they're showing the behind the scenes. It's all about for the people to get engaged with you. So you need to have a purpose behind it to support this. It's not just a one more video for one more logo. It's who, who does this. So that's why actually I feel it's very problematic right now. The, the market with uh, platforms like Fiverr and Upwork and Freelancer, I think you can make money there, a passive income or an active income, but it really kills the personal connection with a client and to fulfill the needs to its fullest. So I can say right now that I'm I'm on a mission to help to get people to become very strong with the product and service, and they can make sales to grow the businesses and they can go further.
1: That's awesome. <laughs> and you mentioned Ikigai, and you also helped me with that. Um... Do you want to explain what Ikigai is for the people that they don't know?
0: So when we talk about uh, the brand purpose, you know, as I told you before, um, people engage with what you stand for, you know? Why we are talking about mission statements, vision statements, promise pledges. People want to see the brand from a perspective of the humane approach. Who is behind the brand and what they're trying to serve? What's the biggest purpose from them, you know? So there are many ways to find the brand purpose and many beautiful workshops, um, many mentors out there, you know, but it was uh, when I saw from Chris Doe his Ikigai video that I realized that's a great exercise. So I have to dig a little bit deeper. I found this Venn diagram, I learned from the videos on YouTube how to do it. I read a few books, three books actually about Ikigai, how to do it, and then I registered to a program on Ikigai uh, tribe in Australia that actually goes a little bit deeper. So ikigai means the purpose of being. it's something that the Japanese people having as a philosophy. what's your ikigai in life you know what you stand for and uh, it's actually more like a source of energy more like the source that keeps you moving on a daily basis. why you wake up every day right what's, what's the reasoning behind it? you just keep living, you just keep breathing or you have to fulfill a mission you have to fulfill a dream. what's the purpose? So ikigai it's a beautiful, actually framework that extracts a lot of things from your inside and connects you, aligns you with your brand. And you make your brand purposeful. So when you put on your product, service, process, a meaningful meaning, a meaningful purpose behind it, the power becomes way, way more intense and people can see it glowing and they follow. It's like a magnet. So that's mm-hmm. what I'm teaching to people. What's yeah. your purpose?
1: Awesome. And one thing that I love about you is that um, you, maybe you don't know something, like the each guy, for example, and then when you discover it, you start learning and learning more about it, and then you immediately start doing the exercise. You, you don't wait. You, you go for it. And,
0: and that's the growth mindset, and I, I know you're like that too. I know you're like that because you're very big in research and reading books. And uh, I can say from all my students, you're one of the most um, uh, friendly to the idea of research. And I know you're so busy with so many projects, but when you have to read a book that really intrigues you and you find it interesting for you, you go for it. And that's important thing. On the growth mindset, once we discover something will help us, but maybe time is of essence, we go through the challenge. We make time. Actually learn it. So through the pandemic, I have researched a lot. I have never researched so much in my life, but I had a lot of time to reinvent a reconfigure the way I sell myself out in the market as a coach because I was never a coach, I was a consultant. So I really have to make sure that I give value to the people. It's just like I'm one more coach. There's so many coaches out there and I respect them, you know, but I don't want to be somebody that has the perception from the people say, oh, one more guru or one more coach, you know, I really want to sit down and give them value. And thankfully, and through my experience as a as a person in sales and in creative world, I have succeeded. I, I feel very accomplished right now. But growth mindset, uh, Chris, is very important to go through the challenges, how time is how we manage time, how we manage clients, growth mindset is very important. So I feel very lucky that I have applied a growth mindset to my my system. Yeah,
1: and I think that you are helping people, <laughs> and <laughs> even in, in this podcast in the last thirty minutes, I, I think you g- gave a lot of uh, a lot of value. So thank you, man.
0: <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you.
1: I'm really interested to, to know what are your influence, like who are the three people that, are, uh, you, that was the most influential to you?
0: There are many, but if I can put them in, uh, on um, the top three, I will say the Greek philosopher, Aristoteles, who has the knowledge, he was a student of Plato, and Plato was a student of Socrates. He has all the wisdom of, for me, the biggest three philosophers in the world. Uh, it fascinates me that uh, they talk about life and without the provision of tools or technology, they were just like the dirt, the sky, and the trees, and they were making wisdom that is <laughs> time-proof through the time, You know, and we're still learning about their philosophy. So Aristoteles, I read the rhetorics, I read the dialectics, I read, I read about the ethics, has really influenced me to be the person I am And that helps me also to make humane connections with my clients and my peers and my students. You really need to find a source of philosophy to understand more about yourself. So for me, it was essential to read about Greek philosophy. Um, The other person that I really admire, actually, they are two together, because those people go together. They used to have a podcast. It's Kevin Rose and Tim Ferriss. Tim Ferriss, he's the famous author from... uh, the 4 hour week uh, work and the uh, tools of titans, you know? Um, and Kevin Rose, he had, um, before Reddit, the platform called dig.com, D-I-G-G.com. So it was the first, I would say, version of Reddit. Reddit's big right now. And then he sold it and he became uh, an advisor in Google Ventures. But as a technologist and as... Um, somebody who can relate to me back in the startup life that I went through, he did all the things right for himself to grow. And he has a beautiful podcast once a month, the Kevin Rose uh, experience. At Tim Ferris, they were friends they were doing podcasts to- together. So there's a lot of knowledge here because they both love stoicism. They both love Japanese culture. So there's a hybrid of great, great information that they share with people. Um, and the third person that I'm I'm a big fan and I definitely recommend for the people, especially the young people, to go on YouTube and just go through the old cassettes he has, because he was publishing cassettes back back then, but it's on digital version right now on YouTube, is Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar has an abundant capacity of information and motivation. Everything he says, it makes so much sense. And it comes from somebody who is like in Alabama, in America, back in the day, in uh, when you know when the marketing and the industrial revolution was trying was picking up, and he was there to create a humane approach for the people uh, to understand more about how to build the dreams in a way that makes sense for them. So I, would, I recommend those four people to explore. You know, Aristoteles will need some more time to study mm-hmm. philosophy. It takes time, but if you apply growth mindset, you go through this this effort. Kevin Rose and Tim Ferriss, I would say, is the most approachable in terms of internet. There's a lot of resources. So if you look for Kevin Rose and Tim Ferriss on YouTube, you're going to find amazing, amazing sources. And Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar is also, if you write Zig Ziglar quotes on Google, you're going to find hundreds of beautiful quotes. So I definitely recommend them uh, for my students and for our friends here to go and awesome. get some motivation and guidance. Great.
1: I will have the links in the description, so yeah, Good. anyone Good. can Good. find them. Um, awesome! How is the forest going?
0: So the forest method started in December. December, mm-hmm. officially, we started, and we have the first workshop, and the first graduates are coming in two weeks from now. They already start making sales. They already start growing their businesses within the program, because the program is kind of an an immersive exercise, immersive experience. It's not about sit down we talk about things you learn there's there are exercises actually to do about your business to <laughs> what you learn go and practice it and it gave me great clarity for me to understand that the interactive way of learning is the most efficient way to do it okay and i do coach people on a more private basis you know <laughs> but i have to say the workshops are my favorite i love helping people in any capacity but on the workshops i'm also learning as well from the people because when I have, let's say, creatives in one room and we're talking about sales, I am keep learning. And that's the beautiful thing about teaching. Mm-hmm. If you want to teach and you're going to become a good teacher, you have to understand learning. So I keep learning new things all the time. So it never stops.
1: What was the most useful thing you learned since you started the, the first method?
0: So what I learned is that um, the creatives, they have an immense inner power. Mm-hmm. That is like a volcano. When it erupts, it just explodes. So the creatives, because I think the creatives, if not the most useful, is one of the most useful uh, professions generally in the world. It makes the world look better. It makes the world bring purpose to people for their businesses. You know, if you have a great logo, that people feel so motivated to have a nice logo and to stand behind it. You know, the creatives are building a better world. The chain reaction behind the creative outcomes. There's so many, but what I realize is that all of them they want to learn sales because they never had the opportunity to be equally efficient mm-hmm. as creators and as a salespeople. And now that they understand they do have value to give, they're becoming passionate about sales because sales for them is not the actual the actual craft of sales. It's about bringing value to the world so they have to communicate it of course there's monetary value behind it but the more they think about the value they're giving you know and that's how we do it by the processes and the the skills and the productization of the ideas the more passionate they become to move forward they keep doing and keep growing so i realize the most important thing i learned teaching creatives the immense inner power they have and that really fascinates me and motivates me.
1: Awesome. Great. Um, I also think you are giving a free program to restaurants right now for the forest method.
0: So the forest is also teaching restaurateurs. It has a little mm-hmm. bit different approach because the restaurant is more uh, tailored to the day-to-day operations. their time is very limited comparing to the creatives, which the creatives are a little bit more uh, diverse when it comes to timing. But the restaurant has... A lot of ongoing things. It's it's a, a perplexed organization. Um, so based on my experience, because I used to be a restaurant manager back in the day, I understand the pains they go through. And as a creative, helping restaurants, right? I give them this creative approach through the forest. And I'm trying to digitize the product. Now that the people that don't have like walk-ins, people who go to the restaurant, they have to find more sources of revenue. So people that do have like some they have some websites, they work with some platforms, but I really try to help them to understand in terms of sales, how you create sales funnels to build your catering business, build your meal kits, your delivery, You know how you can go further on the internet to communicate your amazing brand and food. So I have great reaction there. And right now, as we're talking, I'm refining the forest method a little bit. I'm calibrating it for the needs of small business owners like restaurants the forest forest method it's mostly tailored to creatives but with a small refinement i was able to adjust it for the restaurant owners
1: awesome so if you have a restaurant or if you're a creative and you want to check it out again i will have the link in the description so you know anyone can check it out Uh, yeah but restaurants i recently heard about uh, ghost kitchens i don't know if you know about that and there are a lot of uh, famous people that they're creating a menu and they basically, mm-hmm. like it's like almost renting um, kitchens from other restaurants that they don't work right now.
0: So the first company, the first company who tried to apply it was actually um, in San Francisco, one client of mine, he asked me about ghost kitchens and I have to do some research because he told me Uber approached them to create a ghost kitchen. So you have a kitchen with specials and you making burgers, can you make tacos? Or can you make pasta? And through one kitchen, they were building three more restaurants. So they were making like uh, ghost brands and you have a taco business and you have a pasta business and you have a burger business in the same kitchen. I find this very interesting because mm-hmm. the way they were trying to do it as Uber, they tried to increase their landscape. But I don't think the thing that thought it through in order the value for the clients, because the clients then have to, to adjust their food costs, they have to add more uh, practices. So they really have to give them a structure how to do it. Instead, they they're saying, can you do tacos? Says, yes, can you do pasta? Yes. so we create two more brands in your kitchen. Say that sounds amazing. But then you see that there's a lot of operational uh, struggles. So I would say this opportunity, if you can do a lot of, a lot of food and you can create many brands, you really have to know your numbers you really have to have a handbook of direction you know And you really have to have like pushing from the uber to push to get more money so <clears throat> to your point about uh, famous people and uh, creating menus and everything it's a big trend especially in new york is happening already you know but uh, i think it needs some more extra uh, elements to make it uh, a more solid effort there's a lot of regulations behind there's a lot of uh, laws that you have to be careful because especially in your city the regulations for the food industry are very strict very strict they pay a lot of attention about sanitation and health and i think that's a proper way to do it so i hope it's not just a trend there is something there that i think people can build out of it
1: mm-hmm. okay interesting yeah um is there anything that did- i didn't ask you and i should
0: I think my, 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 my general consensus about uh, especially the creatives is that um, they really have to understand how smart they are and how important their craft, their craft is. They have to find a way. It's not only through the forest method. They have to find the ways to research. And thank God we have the internet right now. With a click of a button, you're getting an information unit, right? So they really have to invest in themselves. They really have to invest in themselves to research find somebody to direct them to guide them i think it's an um, it's it's proper when you, the same way you let's say invest on your equipment the same way they should uh, invest in programs that they will help them to enhance what they do and i mean the same way i read said to chris doe back in the day business bootcamp you know that it was kind of an expensive investment but eventually it pays off you have to have in your mind that when you make an investment you really have to find how to use it efficiently so it can pay off so smart investments, research, study, keep becoming better and, and uh, go get them. I mean, go make the sales and don't be afraid to be rejected. Take this information of how you can make the next sale more important. Everything is feedback, everything is data. Try to aggregate the data and understand more about the market you're serving, yourself, the way you talk, the way you sell, and you will be up to something amazing since you're an amazing creator. I just really feel that the sales have to be an internal part of the thought process i don't want them to think that sales is something that they cannot reach sales it can be ethical it can be efficient so i really i'm really passionate about getting people to take the craft from the next to the next level by making sales
1: awesome <laughs> that was great um we're almost in the end uh where people can find you i will have the links in the description all your links but where is the best way to approach you
0: my main source of uh, reaching uh, somebody reach me uh, is theforestmethod.com, and uh, I can be reached on the email k at theforestmethod.com. Um, on social media, I'm not very strong because my time is limited, but I'm about to hire a social media team to delegate so I can keep communicating out there. But you can find me on Instagram, Instagram this is the forest, um, and LinkedIn Constantinos Kolias, and I would love to. Have people reach out to me with any questions i'm always uh, a message away to respond and help people
1: that's awesome <laughs> so if you have more questions you can yeah ask costas directly
0: <laughs> thank you well chris that was that was great man thank you so much for taking
1: your thank you well, uh one last thing that i do in the end of every podcast is ask the guest three fast questions you can ask Yeah, you can answer with anything that pops in your mind and then you can um, talk about it more, but it's up to you.
0: Okay, that's great. That's good.
1: Okay, so you worked a lot into restaurants and kitchens. Uh, What's your favorite cuisine? Mexican. Mexican, okay. Why?
0: I like, um, it reminds me a little bit of Greece actually. And actually Greek, it's my favorite, but I don't want to be so predictable. Mexican, I like the variation of different elements coming in one tacos or in one tortilla all together. And mm-hmm. they have some pluralism and a uh, flavor. And they're, they're using a lot of uh, great, great materials. A good, authentic Mexican food, it always fascinates me.
1: Awesome. Great. <laughs> Do you also eat spicy? I love spicy. Okay, great. So when I you're in spicy. Greece, I'm going to have you here for a... Uh, Spicy Hot Wings podcast and <laughs> Yes, we're going to do a second <laughs> one. <laughs> let's do it. Great. <laughs> um the second question is what will be the three things that you will like to do before you die?
0: Go to Mars. Skydive and go climb the mountain Everest.
1: Wow, okay. <laughs> Those are amazing. Uh Skydive was always my first one.
0: <laughs> How was it?
1: Uh, awesome, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, until, I don't know, four years ago, it was like the instance uh, response to that question was like skydiving. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> you should do it. <laughs> Good. Good. And well, it I don't know about Mars. I'm also hoping that in the next years, uh, I will be also able to go to space. Oh, so. oh, yeah.
0: Sure. <laughs> is there, uh, Elon Musk is taking care of it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> The last question is, what's the simplest advice What it's the most uh, hard to follow?
0: Always deliver more than expected. Mm-hmm. Larry Page from Google. That's my dogma. Um, don't over deliver in terms of if you don't find balance. Don't do it just to do it. Always deliver more than expected. Like the small extra touch or something big. I mean, the follow-up with the client or an extra hour based on your contract just to make sure that everything is good um an extra communication approach always deliver more than expected from my experience people appreciate when you try to do something extra
1: really awesome man i think that's the best way to close this podcast so yeah thank you for being my guest and thank you for sharing so much value thank
0: you for being such a good friend you're an inspiration you know and uh, I'm learning from you as well, my friend. There's so many things I learned from you. So keep inspiring you and your audience.
1: I'm humble. Thank you, man.
0: (laughs) Thank you.